0: Crooked Shelf Media Welcome to the Crooked Shelf, this is Ethan
1: And this is Alex
0: Right, so I'm just gonna be honest right off the bat. We are both exhausted and we're both <laughs> late with the schedule. So uh, this is a this is a rush job.
1: <laughs> Nothing about honesty. I've had worse jobs in my life.
0: <laughs> so um, today, in a shocking twist, we're not going to be talking about comic book movies. Um, instead, uh, we decided to take a note out of the theory and crime playbook and do a do a top five and we're actually going to turn this into a series Um, so today we're going to be talking about our top five video games and uh, in the future we're going to be doing um, uh, comic books and movies and Mm -hmm. maybe other topics if we can figure out other stuff that we share that we can make a top five out of like i'm not sure if you have enough uh, anime that you like to make a top
1: five anime or not. I could probably name five <laughs> right well, there off go. the top of my head. There we go. <laughs> there, there we go. There it is. Good, Those are my top enough. five.
0: <laughs> so um, as usual, uh, I'm going to start this off with just plugging our uh, our charity that we both love. And mm-hmm. uh, So if you guys have any spare cash, uh, we encourage you to head over to extralife.org. Uh, It's a charity that supports uh, children's miracle network hospitals. So you can choose whatever specific hospital you want to even, and it'll go Mm -hmm. to that hospital. Your donation will go to that hospital. Um, And we have uh, our own personal link to extra life for our fundraising page. If you want to help us um, or you can make your own page, we don't care whatever supports this uh, benefit. Um, And I don't have that link on me. So I'm going to post it on Twitter. Yep. So, check it out. <laughs> um, okay, so uh, how do you want to do this? Do you want to each go down our top five in total? Or you want to go back and forth on this?
1: Let's bounce it back and forth. Okay, cool. You want to start out? Yeah, I can kick us off. Right. So, one thing I noticed when like we were comparing games before we got on mic, a lot of mine are um, newer.
0: Yeah, I did see that. That's interesting.
1: And... I mean, like I, I played games growing up and everything, but I really got into gaming in my late teens, early 20s. And so the first game that I picked uh, was released in 2010. It's Assassin's Creed Brotherhood.
0: Now this is, um, well, is this the second or third Assassin's Creed entry?
1: It technically was number three, I believe. I believe okay. it was Assassin's Creed, Assassin's Creed 2, and then Brotherhood.
0: Okay, there we go.
1: And I, this was the first Assassin's Creed I ever played, and I fell in love with it. That's I, an interesting I just, starting point. Yeah, and I don't know what it, what it was. I think like to be honest with you, it was super cheap at GameStop. It was like a buy one get one free kind of deal, uh-huh. and I just picked this up because I thought it looked cool. And so I didn't know any of like the Ezio backstory going into it. I didn't really know the the purpose of the game, and I just I fell in love with running around like 1500s Italy. And just parkouring off buildings, <laughs> just like in normal life. Right. That's what that's how I live every day. But I I absolutely love this game, and I think that even like the shooting mechanics on it are not great. The combat isn't awesome. Like it's not super fluid. But I mean, I just bought the Ezio collection for my PlayStation not too long ago, specifically yeah. for this game. Like I won't play Assassin's Creed two or revelations. I just will play brotherhood.
0: (laughs) Uh, um, I'd say that brotherhood at least story-wise is probably the peak of the franchise for me. Mm -hmm. Um, I I fell in love with Assassin's Creed early on. I played the first one and two and brotherhood and revelations. And that's about where I dropped off. Um, I never even really saw the end of the Ezio story. Um, Assassin's Creed just had a a sharp drop off in quality for me. Yeah. So so I kind of gave up on it. Um, Three was the, the last those, one that those I early days. days. What's that?
1: Three, the one with Connor, the one that's the Native American. That was the last one that I played. Okay. And that's when you got into like driving the ship, and right before they did Black Flag, where it was nothing but ship driving, from what I understand, essentially. And I didn't enjoy that aspect of the game, so I have not played an Assassin's Creed since three.
0: Yeah, I I tried, um, I tried Black Flag, um, but even I mean, people really ranted and raved about that one um, and and the pirate element Mm because I guess that's just a part of nerd culture that people just love pirate stuff for some reason. Um, But it wasn't good enough to keep me on board. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, I just I but those early days of Assassin's Creed and the mystery of what was happening with the, with, um, with, uh, what was it? Desmond?
1: Yeah. Desmond.
0: Yeah. With like the modern, like the modern day story that was Mm -hmm. running through it. Um, those early days were really amazing and just wondering what was going to happen. And with like these supernatural beings, yeah. um, Are they aliens? Are they gods? Like, you know, we, we didn't know. And, piecing together all those uh, all the stories about them was really fascinating but, yeah i agree with that know, I, for some reason i just lost track of it people still love that series mm-hmm. so. um did you just offhand did you put yours in any particular order or was it just like top five any order
1: it's just kind of top five any order um we'll go pro like on this list, I that was that's probably my number five. Okay. So.
0: Yeah, I I think that the when I was telling you my list, um, with only a minor tweak, I think I just happened to put them in, in order mm-hmm. uh, from from top to bottom. Um, but I'll I'll tweak it a little bit and I'll start out with my um, least favorite of the top five, but still a defining. Game for me, and that was Luigi's Mansion. Yeah, um, that's my number five. Uh, it was uh, it was my first uh, GameCube game, mm-hmm. and uh, the the second generation of Nintendo systems that I'd ever experienced. Right, same. Uh, my first Nintendo system being the N sixty four, and it was such such a leap in graphical quality. Oh it, God, yeah, it was amazing. Um, and and experiencing that like Mario universe and such a leap in graphical quality was fun and also I just loved that like something finally gave Luigi justice Mm -hmm. like you know that's become the running joke like amongst fandom so much that it's all actually leaked into the world of Mario right is that Luigi is like you know the redheaded stepchild or Mm -hmm. however you want to put it uh, of the brotherhood there so it was nice seeing a focus on Luigi, and uh, and it was fun. It was kind of creepy, yeah. Like it, it 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 was a little scary at times. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree with that. Like you know, it's tough to say that because of course it's goofy. But you know, there were some jump scares and stuff that mm-hmm. it, it was fun. Um, and I liked that. Not only was Luigi getting some justice and finally getting his time in the spotlight, but like it never really deviated away from that. There. Um, there were some side Mario characters, but Mario wasn't a part of the story. Right, It was all about Luigi and clearing out the ghosts of the house. And the game mechanics were really fun, like figuring out the different ways to use the tools, the limited tools that you have to, you know, Ghostbuster up all these various <laughs> different types of ghosts. And in the process, they really managed to add to the lore of the Mario universe. And, you know, the boos used to really just be like, one type of thing right and they you may have a boss but it's just a bigger version of a normal boo right but they they increased the the different types and made it and made the moral universe more interesting in the process Mm
1: -hmm. i agree with that
0: so uh what's your next one
1: uh my next one actually ties right in and it's these like next two are gonna be like slight cheats because this is more just a series as opposed to a specific game. But it's Mario Kart. Um, it, it's hard to make a, a list of favorite video games without featuring some kind of Mario something. Yeah. And like we play Smash Brothers. Like Mario Party is a big thing and with my family, but Mario Kart is like one of my all-time favorite games. On any device. It-
0: yeah, me too. I mean, I don't know if there's ever been an entry into the series that I didn't love. Right. So out of, out of all of them, would you be able to pinpoint one that is your ultimate favorite?
1: I think it's eight because you could fly.
0: Yeah, eight, man, you know, I never thought anything would beat uh, 64. Yeah. But, um, you know, as great as Double Dash was, which was kind of the successor to 64 mm-hmm. on the GameCube... But man, eight just blew it out of the water. They added so many uh, different functionalities, characters, and characters, and the the hovercraft yeah. element of it, and, which you know didn't necessarily have change the gameplay, but it changed just how they were able to build tracks. Mm-hmm. So you know all these loops and upside down portions and crazy wall writing and it, it really added a lot to the franchise
1: it really did i don't know i assume you probably remember this there was a time over one summer that i was house sitting for our dm and his wife and you and another guy that we played with yeah. we played D with uh came down for like a whole weekend and mm-hmm. we did nothing but play like mario kart and mario party and just had a blast
0: and I, don't, I think that was it. I think it was Mario Kart Mario Party.
1: That and was that, it, yeah. Like, and one thing constant. that one thing that stands out from that whole weekend to me is that we were playing Mario Party and like you had won most of the mini games that we had done that round. And Justin, who's mm-hmm. the other guy, won the mini game star because at the end of the game because he had won uh-huh. the most coins, and you uh-huh. got so mad. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, you were yeah. so heated about that, justifiably. <laughs> oh, I agree with you. But <laughs> but that's one of my favorite memories is just hanging out in that basement and just playing Mario Kart and Mario Party for like three days straight.
0: I think that might be not necessarily just that. Um, that instance, but just in general, that that's a good example of why I wouldn't put Mario Party on any of my top tens, yeah. or top fives in this case. Yeah. <laughs> like it's so fun. But that series is so fucking petty. <laughs> like I mean, just look at I mean the, the only instance in the whole game where like talent counts more than luck is the mini games. Right. <laughs> and still I got screwed out based on the luck factor.
1: And you lost by one star. Yeah, it's ridiculous. I won every single
0: fucking minigame.
1: <laughs> and he won the one where it took coins from everybody and redistributed. Yeah. yeah, 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 of course, of
0: course. It's so petty and it's so, it's so fun, but it, it can ruin friendships at the same yeah, time. I thought it I, did I that mean, day. I, I think I I had finally forgotten about that. And now you've just You're welcome. brought up that repressed memory. And, and he's going to be in town next week to yeah. go with us to, to Dragon Con in Atlanta and I'm I'm gonna let him have it (laughs) over something record it and send that to me (laughs) he probably doesn't even remember it (laughs) (laughs) so um, my next one this is the one that I flipped with Luigi's Mansion just to put it in order but um, my next one's Wind Waker that's my number four yeah Uh, Legend of Zelda Wind Waker Um, another uh, GameCube game this was my second GameCube game game that I got if I could speak, um, whenever my parents bought me my GameCube and this, this ties into another game that I have on my list. Um, but there is a notable, um, Zelda game that, uh, is my favorite Zelda game of all time. Right. This game was, uh, sort of the successor to that one. Mm -hmm. Um, I think this predated Twilight Princess.
1: I believe so.
0: Um, Because that was GameCube era too, but that was late GameCube and early Mm -hmm. Wii era. Um, So yeah, so this was definitely the successor, well, other than Majora's Mask, to um, Ocarina of Time and was set in the same universe as Ocarina of Time Mm -hmm. and Majora's Mask. um, Because as we've recently found out a few years ago, you know, there's like a multiverse, like a right. di- not really multiverse, but different timelines in The Legend of Zelda. But this game I didn't think that anything could get even close to my love of of Time. But this one got really close. Uh it was beautiful, had the cell shaded animation, which other than a couple of handheld games that were set in the same timeline as Wind Waker was, uh they've never really done since right that that, that specific hyper specific art style that it had and uh yeah man it was so unique amongst all zelda games like you had the uh ocean and you know different islands spread throughout they all had their own different environments mm-hmm. and different challenges um and then the moment where it finally ties in to the previous to, to ocarina of time was it, it blew my mind i there there's no real indication that it's directly connected to Ager right time until you end up going under the ocean and you find the old hyrule mm-hmm. and you see the old castle and you know you fight the old ganondorf and you know it was just it, it's one of my earlier memories of just being blown away by this a story in a video game yeah and you know it was one of the defining moments that you know made me decide that like what I love about video games is primarily as them as an avenue for storytelling Mm -hmm. as opposed to just you know like multiplayer um random like platforming with no real story elements right I love I love the potential for video games as a storytelling medium Mm -hmm. and all Zelda games really tout that ability but Wind Waker's twist at the end uh was really surprising to me and still stands out in my memory. I agree with that. What's What's next up for you?
1: Uh, mine, and this one's a bit of a cheat, too, because I'm going to say it's two games that are in the same series. Um, but as we have discovered through, I believe, every episode, this has been, been brought up, so it might as well be brought up during this one. I love Batman. <laughs> and so... My number three would is a tie between Arkham City and Arkham Knight. I love those games. Like I can, I still play them. Like, I've beaten them multiple times, um, and I just I can still just turn them on and start going from the second in Arkham City where you get to Arkham as Bruce and have to walk through. Like the the prisoners and everything and fight and it's just, it's one of the coolest beginnings to a game and I think that Arkham Knight has taken one of the coolest Batman stories ever, and justifiably made it a good video game. Yes, because uh, Arkham Origins, which came in between these two, we're gonna pretend never existed.
0: I know, and I don't even know if I can put a finger onto just why that sucked.
1: It was a different studio. Um,
0: Oh, is that? Mm-hmm. Is it's that completely
1: different studio.
0: There, there was just something about every little aspect of it. Some of it, like undefinable, that just made it like I was like, this is just different. This isn't. It wasn't. This fun. isn't nearly as good. Yeah, I, I barely, I, I barely got even started the game before I gave up on it. I think I got through the first major. Yeah. You know, villain fight, and then I was like, this there's something about this that just sucks. I'm done with this.
1: Yeah, and it, just, it never gave you anything to actually be invested in. And so I think that they realized going back to Arkham Knight that they needed to give us a, a pull and a catch. And so we had, where Batman had been injected with Joker's blood. So you had Joker, who wasn't in the game at all, was a big part of the game still. And they finally brought back Mark Hamill to voice the Joker, which was great.
0: Yes. And it was up in the air whether or not he was actually going to reprise the role yeah. ever again.
1: Right. So and now he's back for good anytime they want him, essentially, which is fantastic. But I, just, I thought that the story in Arkham Knight is one of the best told video game stories.
0: That's a strong statement, um, considering the, the pedigree of the first two games. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I tend to agree. Um, I it, once Arkham Knight got you know got its footing in the story. Yeah, it really blew up for me. Starting out, I was like, I don't know if this can live up to the first two games. Especially um,
1: like the Scarecrow aspect of it is fun because I love Scarecrow. He's mm-hmm. terrifying. But like, you figured out what was going to happen not even halfway through the game. Yeah. And then you had, like, the the Riddler traps to save Catwoman inside uh-huh. the jail. And then when, like, the actual, like, fights with the Arkham Knight started. The one that I will never forget. That Well, there's two specific ones. The one where you are underneath, like, in the, not, like, necessarily the sewers, but they're, like, tunnels. Where yeah, you're having like, to, like, flank him. yeah. And shoot his, like, big drill machine. Obviously, yeah. I know technical terms. Um, <laughs> you're having to do that. And then the ones where he's got the tanks that drive around, where you have mm-hmm. to hide from them because they can track you and then shoot them in yeah. the butt and then run. And, like, I just I love that game. I Like, I, I will probably play it tonight before I go to bed.
0: Now, let me ask you. I gave up before getting the the true ending. Mm -hmm. Did you get all of the Riddler trophies? Like all 1,000 of them? No, no. No?
1: I think that I... I'm somewhere just south of 200. Okay. So, like, it's getting to the point where I'm just about to, like, look up the how-tos. And just (laughs) to do them because I want the pure, like, nightfall ending.
0: But that's... I mean... With the invention of open world like sandbox games, like even how tos just aren't enough information for me because how do you describe where a puzzle is Mm in a three D environment? Yeah. Like it's it it makes it so difficult even to find them, let alone finish them.
1: I know for like the last like ten I did, I would stumble across them and then just Google like landmarks, Riddler trophy because I I legit and like I love the Riddler he's my favorite Batman villain I love I love puzzles I love riddles and I could not legitimately figure them out so I had to watch other people do them
0: it's tough I I mean and that's the Riddler trophies have been like sprinkled throughout the series but it Mm -hmm. really took on a new form in Arkham Knight yeah um and even though you know I just don't have the patience for it I I have to acknowledge that it's impressive.
1: Oh, I don't either. The level of and challenge and that's why and I still haven't done it. And, like, <laughs> I mean, I've been playing this game for, like, four years now.
0: <laughs> so, um, what made you uh, not put the first one on your list? Like, specifically City and Night? Because it's pretty, that's a pretty defining game for Batman lore.
1: No, I agree. Arkham Asylum is also one of my favorite games ever. Um, I just, there was just something about city and night that put it just above asylum. And to be honest with you in city, I think I can put my finger on it because if you pre-ordered, you got the Catwoman story and with the Catwoman story, you had the option when you finish her story to either a walk out the exit of the police station and the game is over or B turn left and go back into Arkham city and help save Batman. And so I never played that. I went right. I exited just without thinking about it. I was just like, Oh, there's the door. And I walk out in the credits roll and I flipped. Oh my God. I was so, I was so mad. And then all of a sudden it shows her and the game goes in reverse and brings you back and gives you the decision to walk left. That's and walk really cool. back into Arkham. And yeah. that's where I was like, that's awesome.
0: Yeah. Like, even though it reversed it, it still gave you that choice to yeah. see how that would play out. Yeah. That's pretty interesting.
1: Yeah. No lie. As soon as she walks out the door and gets, like, down the alley into Gotham, credits.
0: That's that's really neat. Mm-hmm. I like that. I, I got to say that Ark, the Arkham series, uh, like, also just... I think they created a better version of Scarecrow than exists in the comics. I agree. Scarecrow was horrifying. He went from being my least favorite uh, Batman villain to being near the top, yeah, near Joker, maybe second or third Mm -hmm. from Joker. So, and then you know they're expanding on him in Night was really
1: awesome. Yeah, to see him fully come to power was really fun
0: yeah my next up um very defining game for me I think we we, I think we mentioned it very briefly um a couple episodes ago uh is Final Fantasy
1: 7 we talked about the music from it yeah
0: yeah um you know in in hindsight there's definitely been some better final fantasies and some better jrpgs but just with the time period uh, you know in the early 2000s and my age at the time when it came out uh and i think it's all my generation everybody born in the 90s that experienced this game like see this as like the ultimate
1: mm-hmm.
0: final fantasy game for them um if only because of nostalgia uh it was my introduction to RPGs. It was my introduction to JRPGs. It was my introduction to Final Fantasy as a series. Uh, I mean, it it was it it started this whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I had some I had some video games before that. I had like Dr. Mario on my Game Boy. I, I think even my N64 predated this, um, and I loved the games I had for that. But um, if it wasn't for Final Fantasy Seven, I wouldn't be sitting here like the person I am today. Like it got me into anime, mm-hmm. all the things that I listed before. It is just defining for me. It is a piece of me. Yeah. Uh, the The story was more depth than I'd ever seen before. I mean, and not not just in video games, like period, I, like yeah, movies and maybe not novels, but movies and comic books and TV shows in comparison were, were just shallow. Yeah. There was so much depth to this. And it was also the first time I realized that like a game can go on for like 60 plus hours mm-hmm. and you're still getting story out of it. Um, the, the world was fascinating. I'm still fascinated with that world. You know, e- even if like some of the characterization is aged, um, just the mix of like modern day technology with the fantasy setting, um, and and not like in a steampunk way, <laughs> which I hate. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was so cool. It was so, it was the darkest thing I'd ever played at the time. Particularly the early chapters, yeah. where you're in uh, you're you're in that floating city, and you're fighting the evil Shinra Corporation, and um, the moments. A really defining moment for me, which we talked about in our music segment, um, was that that song that I mm-hmm. played for for you uh, was part of like one of the most defining moments of the game for me. And that's when you know the main villain presents himself, and you know you wake up in this cell, and all the doors are unlocked, and you walk out, and you know there's blood smeared across the walls, and that dark music is playing, and you know this was a sudden turn in the story. Right. So, yeah, that's, um, I mean, there were other Final Fantasies that came shortly after Final Fantasy eight and nine are also, uh, very special to me. Um, PlayStation one was just the golden age of, of JRPGs. Um, but nothing ever quite lived up to seven. I, I think I was just chasing the dragon of seven with eight and nine. <laughs> and I've played, you know, other than the the MMO, um, which is fourteen I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think also eleven. Eleven and fourteen are MMOs. Um, other than those two, I've played every Final Fantasy since. Uh every main numbered title at least. Right. Um, And I'm still just kind of chasing those glory days of of seven. Mm -hmm. So what's up for you next?
1: Uh, Mine, my next one is probably, I think it's the most current one on my list. Uh, It's a game that I am very bitter about because my PlayStation died with like 400 hours into this game. (laughs) And so my new PlayStation still doesn't have this downloaded onto it yet because that's how salty I still am. But that being said, it's a phenomenal game, and that is Witcher 3 Wild Hunt. Yes. Arguably one of, not arguably, it's one of the greatest games to ever come out.
0: Yeah, I I agree.
1: (laughs) Um, The story is flawless from top to bottom. I got into it late, so I was able to buy the, like extended cut with all of the DLC included and everything so I got to play the whole game and then just run around and kill monsters like it was awesome and I like I said that I put so much time into this game There, I started playing this game um, just over a year ago to be honest with you uh, like seriously playing yeah. it just over a year ago uh-huh. when I moved to St. Louis because I worked a 9 to 5 and I didn't have, like, really any friends up there. So I would get home from work at, like, 5.36, and I would play Witcher until, like, 3 in the morning. And then go to bed, wake up, go to work, do it all again the next day. And i, I that's all I would do all over the weekend. Yeah. And I just, I got so sucked into that game. And like I said, I will not, I will, but I have not downloaded it back onto my new PlayStation. And I've had that thing for, like, three months now. <laughs> so... <laughs> But yeah, I just, I poured so much time in this game. It's beautiful. Yeah. The artwork is gorgeous. Um, The story is fantastic. No matter which decisions you take, the story is great. Because that's what I did was I would beat it, and then I would go through and, like, Because if you've played the game, you know that, like, you can sleep with, like, all the female characters. So one time I went through, and I slept with every single one of them to see what would happen. And the next time I played, I made sure that I didn't sleep with any of them. And I would just go through like that and just make those decisions... And you can go through and you can be, like, super nice, like Geralt, and you're like, oh, yeah, of course I'll help you. Or you're like, no, give me every cent you have, Geralt.
0: Which I I play nice because I have a hero complex, and I, like, never play evil ever.
1: (laughs) So the first time I play it, I always play nice because that's who we are as people. (laughs) And then the second time, I have to force myself to be a complete, like, jerk to everybody. (laughs) And eventually, I'm like, I don't want to be mean to this person. <laughs> like the little dwarf who makes all your armor that you yes. find later in the game. I can't ever be mean to him.
0: It's I don't know if you had the same experience, but um, I, I mean, I dabbled with the first Witcher, but um, I never finished it, and I never played same. Witcher 2 at all. Yep. And, and yet, I jumped into this one, and I'm a completionist. Like, I, I want to experience the whole story. Mm-hmm. Um but those games had already kind of dated themselves by the time I, I got around to them. Um but even with the tendencies that I have, um, I still jumped into Witcher Three and loved every second of it, not knowing any of the background. Like yeah. like I watched like a IGN Witcher in five minutes, you know, mm-hmm. like explanation video just to get a Kickstarter. But um other than that I, I had no real introduction to it. And I still loved every minute of it. It's amazing. Yeah. And, like, you know, it would probably make it on my list if I wasn't just, like... My list is kind of operating on, like, childhood nostalgia more than anything. Right. Like, I feel like if if I was 12 around the time that Witcher 3 came out, like, it would be one of the most defining gaming experiences of my life. Mm-hmm. It, it's incredible. And I think the internet's now starting to hate it because of the cycle of love hate Love again right. with the yeah. internet, but you know, luckily I'm not susceptible to that. I, I still, I still love that game. It's you can spend so many hours in it, and you're not even touching the main story. And
1: the main map didn't open up for me until like a hundred hours into the game. Like <laughs> the whole left part of the map yeah, that, that you have to sail to uh-huh. never, never opened up until like a hundred hours into the game.
0: Yeah, I think. I don't think I got to that part until the main story took me there. like yep. And, yeah, that was, you know, hundreds of hours in. And, and the beauty of that game is that it has such a great writing that even the side quests are just as good as the main story, if not better. Mm-hmm. And they're not all... I mean, there's not much you can do with the mechanics. There's still kind of... There's some fetch quests and stuff and typical RPG filler stuff. Like, right. As far as... The mechanical completion of the quests, but the story that's mixed into the quest makes it worth the monotony that, that may or may not arise.
1: And you have quests that tie from town to town and then area to area. Yeah. Because this dragon, while yes, it's mainly attacking this place, you hear someone talking about it across mm-hmm. the map.
0: It's a very, very living world for a single player experience. Yeah, it's, it's it's amazing I was really uh, interested to see that one on your list um, considering all the other ones um, <laughs> it's a much different vibe I mean especially I guess, what's going to be number one yep. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I guess we'll move on to my number two um, this was this is a hard one but I, I specifically I didn't go just series I, I picked a specific one and I picked Halo 2
1: um, yeah yeah
0: I, I love the entire Halo series. Um, as I mentioned before, I'm, I'm like a story-driven gamer, so uh, I was never much into shooters in my youth. Um, but then Halo changed everything. Like the first Halo was subtitled "Combat Evolved," and that was you know very appropriate because not only did it revolutionize shooters, but it revolutionized storytelling in shooters. Mm-hmm. I mean, for instance, it like actually had storytelling in shooters <laughs> right. that like don't really. So it had, you could tell that the universe you were in had a history and was lived in, and then Halo Two um, had, definitely had some flaws um, that have now been you know made fun of ad infinitum, but uh, it blew it open, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and Halo One, you know that there's these aliens called the Covenant, they hate humanity, you know, and you know that the ring you're on is some mysterious weapon of some sort. But there's not much explanation. It right. goes into some, but it's a confined experience. You're only on that one ring fighting the legion of the aliens that you're fighting. Um and Halo two opened the universe up. Um, one of the criticisms, but which I kind of love just for story purposes, is that you spend a lot of the game playing as the Arbiter, which is a member of mm-hmm. the alien, you know, the enemy race. Uh, and more than just the story, um, just as a personal childhood experience, Halo 2 was when, like, the LAN party aspect of it kind of opened it opened up to me Mm -hmm. so we would get with halo 2 and halo 3 we would get four xboxes together and four players each and i at the time i remember uh i lived in a duplex apartment Mm -hmm. so it was big wide open in the front small upstairs area with bedrooms and big vaulted ceilings from the first floor to the second floor Right. So we would run huge, like 20 foot <laughs> <laughs> ethernet cables, uh, from the top four to the bottom floor. We'd have a TV in my bedroom, a TV in my parents' bedroom, a TV in the living room and a TV in the dining room. And all of them linked up <laughs> and I'd have, you know, 20 friends over and we'd all, we'd all play Halo two and then Halo three. For yeah. Hours and hours and hours it'll be our whole weekend, and we would just be you know laughing and screaming and you know having a blast. And, and then Halo Three was my you know first introduction to online gaming because the 360 yep. kind of like revolutionized and made online gaming what it is you know today. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, original Xbox had it, but it was very rudimentary. Um, so yeah, um, I love the whole series. The whole series is very special to me because of my experience with multiplayer and with playing with friends and it introduced me to online, but halo two specifically because halo one, I was, um, I mean, just hyper specific to me. I was still living in a small town, 45 minutes away from where I went to school. I didn't have any friends ever come over. It was just a personal experience, just me in the game. I still loved it. I played it a million times, but but Halo Two, I had finally moved to the town where all my friends were, and it revolutionized that multiplayer LAN experience. Mm-hmm. Um, so so yeah, that Halo Two is really special to me.
1: Yeah, Halo Three is what really like that that's what drew me into the series. But yeah, same kind of deal. Like especially at church lock-ins of all places, (laughs) that's where we would have like ginormous land parties on the projectors.
0: Yeah. I had that experience too. And (laughs) I
1: loved it. That's those are some of my best childhood memories.
0: It was, I mean, it was very much for a reason. It was to get people not interested to come into church. And Mm -hmm. even though, even though I grew up in church, like I would never at the, even though I like still practiced at the time, I would never spend any extra time in church. Right. But they they said, you know, we're going to have a halo party. And I'm like, I'm there. Right. I'll show up the church. (laughs) Yeah. And like, I was like, You know, I at least I thought I was great at the time. You know, once you start playing (laughs) online you realize that you don't have shit on anybody else outside of your friend circle. Yeah. Like me and a close friend at the time, Daniel, we were like God tier good at Halo amongst (laughs) our friends. Like we had to be split up. Like we couldn't be on the same team or else no one had a chance. Like that was how good we were just and you know, probably just because that's all we ever did was play Halo. It's like nothing to Brag about, like, we wouldn't have been that was so my buddy we
1: Russ. Like, if you were going up against Russ, you were done.
0: <laughs> but it man, it felt good to be king at the time.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> take that power, <laughs> where you can get it. <laughs> <laughs> all
0: right, so we're at your number
1: one. Yep, and it's uh, completely out of left field. It's <laughs> probably not to Ethan at all because you've known me for years. Um, my favorite game of all time my number one is crash bandicoot warped this is a game that i i'm doing what ethan did and it is so much of a childhood memory and nostalgia that i this like just thinking about this game makes me feel good and that i you were like, gonna say horny for a second. <laughs> well, <laughs> it was the introduction of Coco. Um, <laughs> yeah,
0: weird. Like, I think that, is Crash Bandicoot the, the beginning of the furry? <laughs> <laughs> but,
1: but why it makes me feel good. <laughs> is that I have vivid memories of playing this game at my grandparents' house with my aunt, uh, who would babysit me in the summers, because my dad was a teacher um, at the time, but he he was always like working in his classroom or doing other things, and that makes it sound like my dad's like never around. My dad is a phenomenal person, but my grandma and grandpa wanted to babysit me in the summer, because I was off school. Well, my aunt still lived at home, This is my mom's sister. So lived at home, and so um, I can remember, like, going over to their house early in the morning when my mom would drop me off before she would go to work. And, like, just I would watch, like, Scooby-Doo until my aunt got up, and then we would play Crash Bandicoot all day. And so, like, like, as a whole, this game has always just held, like, a special place for me because it's something that I associate with one of my, like, very close and honestly favorite family members. And so when the Insane Trilogy was announced, I did not own a PlayStation 4, and I bought a PlayStation 4 just to get the Insane Trilogy, because like that game is just so special to me. And when I got it, I've beat the whole game a couple of times, but I beat Warped first. <laughs> because that was, and it's the third one in the series, third one. but that, that, is, that game just means so much to me. And somewhat related one of my favorite stories ever is um, I buy a lot of like shirts from like those like 24 hour like nerdy shirt places and one night they have like a $5 mystery bag and they would just pick a shirt at random and send it to you I bought two and the (laughs) the first one I opened was like a Zubat but as the Batman logo which is really like fun but the second one I opened is a huge Crash Bandicoot shirt it's like fate yeah, and I was I was like, uh, and this was four or five years ago, but I was like, of all like the random shirts that it could send me, <laughs> it sends me Crash Bandicoot, and so it was just kind of like I started talking about it again, and and yeah, like I I will play, you know, the Insane Trilogy probably at least once a week, and <laughs> now we're getting a new Spyro, which is great, yes. and hopefully with Can't the wait. success of Insane and Spyro, we'll get Crash Team Crash Team Racing.
0: Yes, I, I would love to see that. Um, and just a and just a new standalone.
1: I believe platformer. we're getting a new crash at this point too. Are like it's in I, development, I yes.
0: Um, I'd love to see a new spyro too. hmm um, which, you know, spyro Kind of lived on longer than Crash did, um, yeah, and sorta lives on as Skylanders. Like I didn't Crash is in Skylanders
1: now too, like for some reason. Yeah, he was reintroduced, or he was introduced like a year and a half ago, right before um, Insane Trilogy came out.
0: I didn't even realize until years into the Skylanders phenomenon that it was directly tied into the Spiral Universe.
1: Right? Um, No, I didn't either.
0: I was like, don't give me that shit. I want real Spyro. Like, don't right. tell me that we're still getting Spyro because Skylanders exists. Give me real right. Spyro. <laughs> well, uh, to, to wrap it up, uh, my number one, which I already alluded to earlier, um, is, of course, we talked about it on the episode when we talked about music. Uh, Ocarina of Time. Legend of mm-hmm. Zelda Ocarina of Time. Uh, the first uh, N64 Zelda game. The first uh, 3D Open world Zelda game, and my first Zelda game. Uh, it's it's amazing. I, nothing can beat it for me. I, I yeah. Talk about chasing the dragon, like with Final Fantasy. Like I've been chasing that with Zelda too. Mm-hmm. You know, Majora's Mask still had the same Link, but in a different world. It came close. It's great too. Um, Twilight Princess kind of tried to recapture it in a weird way it's great but it's not the same you know i just ocarina of time was so special to me my am um, such a specific situation for me like i got my n64 it was packaged with uh mario 64 mm-hmm. you know that's Phenomenal a defining game. moment for me um but you know ocarina of time was like the third video game I'd ever had, you know, mm-hmm. I mentioned earlier, I had Dr. Mario on my game boy. I had Mario on my N64. And then my cousin, uh, a close cousin of mine who, um, is practically a brother to me and my sister. Um, he, <laughs> he let me borrow Ocarina of time. And then I never gave it back ever. <laughs> <laughs> and to this day, probably, 15 years later if not more he still brings it up at holidays (laughs) that I owe him a copy of Ocarina of Time because I never gave it back which that thing's
1: like 60 bucks now
0: yeah if not more (laughs) like um that thing goes for some money Uh, but I just couldn't put it down and I kept replaying it and replaying it and replaying it um and also, I kept getting stuck on the water temple and completely restarting the game because I didn't know how to get off of it. <laughs> like this was like, I mean, this wasn't really pre-internet days, but like we still had dial-up, and I had um.
1: you had I, to go buy all like a walkthrough guide at Walmart. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. more EB Games.
0: <laughs> yeah, I didn't have some YouTuber who would like literally do a whole video for free showing how right. to go through it. You had like, pay I, like I had to forty a, bucks for the walkthrough. Yeah. <laughs> I had a Prima strategy guide for it, um, which was unclear, <laughs> did not help, so I would just fucking give up and just restart the game, and I didn't care, because I loved every minute it so of It was so
1: much fun, yeah.
0: I just lived in that world, like, I kind of missed the ability to, you know, like, I kind of just, like, run through games now, just to get mm-hmm. on to the next one, because I, I don't, I don't have time to like be a completionist anymore i don't have time to just wander around and right. experience and live in a world anymore so i miss that like zelda ocarina of time like the what is it called the kikiri forest or the, mm-hmm. the opening forest area i just walk around it and it's not even that it's probably like 20 square feet when you look back but like yeah you know it seemed like a whole village at the time and there's probably like three npcs but it seemed like it was full of characters
1: mm-hmm. and i
0: just walk around and talk to them they're limited lines and just you know i would feel like i was living in that world yeah and so when i finally did beat it i was so sad to see it end um yeah that that's just that is the number one video game experience in my life it 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 kind of, in a way, as far as nostalgia factor, kind of rivals Final Fantasy VII. Even though I put it higher up on the list, mm-hmm. but yeah, just like with Final Fantasy VII, if if Ocarina of Time hadn't happened to me, I, I wouldn't be sitting here the same person today. It, it it's it's truly incredible. I I wish they can make one that's anywhere close to as good as that one for me. Right. You know, of course, there's the naysayers that you know that hate popularity of stuff and say that. <laughs> you know, there's better ones out there, but I just don't think so. It just like, I think Mario 64 to this day is the best open world. Yeah. Mario game. Like those early days of open world. I mean, where Mario they,
1: planet's fun and Mario Planet two is fun, but yeah. 64 is just a blast.
0: Yeah. It's amazing. Like it's so the controls are so tight and those early days, like you'd think early days of stuff is when it's going to be shittier and then they're going to refine it. But, like time after time, my experience specifically with video games is like the early days of something is where there's no rules yet, mm-hmm. and they're more free to do all this experimental stuff. And like, you know, Mario and and Ocarina of Time and all those like weird little Nintendo sixty four games, like Jet Force Gemini. I don't know if you ever played that one, but it was mm-hmm. a little shooter. Like, there's all these you know early N sixty four and PlayStation one games where we are just getting into like quote unquote modern gaming um, moving away from like 16 bit, you know, side scrolling gaming. Right. And it was just like the wild West and, Mm -hmm. you know, Ocarina of Time was a product of that. It was a big title. Legend of Zelda had existed, but you know, they had just opened up the world, made it 3d and it went places, man. And I, Mm -hmm. I wish, I wish I could play it for the first time again.
1: Yeah. I think that about a lot of games.
0: All right. Well, that's been our top five. Um, just uh, to wrap it up, I want to ask, like, what are you doing, Alex? you playing anything? you reading anything?
1: Um, right now I'm actually rereading uh, The Long Halloween, uh, one of the greatest Batman stories ever, in my opinion. Uh, something right. that I'm doing in my classroom this year is a read-a-book section where I printed off 12 of my favorite book, like, novel covers and put them on the wall. Uh, and if, you know, a kid ever asked me, like, oh, like, what do I do? I'm like, pick up one of those and read it. And there are two graphic novels on there. This year, The Long Halloween, and The Killing Joke. Um, And, I mean, there's stuff like Animal Farm and To Kill a Mockingbird and, you know, all, like, great stuff on there. All that school bullshit. Right. (laughs) But, um, you know, knowing me, I had to put a couple graphics on there, too. And so I'm doing another read-through of The Long Halloween. And um, I'm still making my way through Metal.
0: Yes. I can't wait to borrow that.
1: Yeah. It's fantastic. Um,
0: Scott Snyder's... uh, that, that is him, right? That's yep. writing that series? The, mm-hmm. the metal side series of... It spans the whole DCU. It's like a retelling of the DCU, correct? Yeah,
1: and it's nuts. <laughs> There's a baby dark side.
0: Oh, fantastic. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, the, you yep. just sold me on it. <laughs> right now, um, I'm reading... Uh, I'm actually... I got... I had the local library order a copy of, um, I don't know if you ever saw the movie Akira, the anime mm-hmm. movie. Yeah. Um, I had them order I had the library order a copy of all of the all of the manga volumes um, which if you know anything about the history of the movie Akira it's an amazing uh, definitive early like late 80s, early 90s like story that was adapted into an anime movie um, but the, the movie came out while the manga was still being written so it kind of took like the first half of the first book and what the author wanted the ending to be and then in the middle he kind of just mishmashed stuff mm-hmm. so it's a bit of a story mess even though it's beautiful to watch but the manga is like a six volume 2000 page epic so oh, wow. I had them order that and they brought they bought it they listened to me for some reason um, <laughs> So I've been reading through that, and I've been reading through a American comic series from Image Comics, which I think Image is the best publisher in comic books right now. Mm-hmm. I um, agree with that. And it's a completed series since I don't have time to collect individuals anymore um, or money. Called mm-hmm. Descender, and Descender is uh, a cool sci-fi, almost Mass Effect type story. Oh, cool! Um, where this these giant world-sized robots suddenly show up one day and just start destroying sections of planets, killing billions of people. And then they disappear. And then all of the existing robots in the world get kind of blamed for these mysterious robots. destruction. Okay. So it's kind of the story of a, of a little boy robot who's meant to be a child companion so he's kind of modeled after he's like a in permanent state of boyhood, mm-hmm. and it's his journey through uh, trying to survive while all these different alien species are blaming his quote unquote race for all the wanton destruction that happened ten years ago.
1: Well, that's so cool. it's
0: pretty it's pretty cool. I'm three volumes into it. I believe it's a six volume series, and it's pretty fun.
1: Awesome.
0: Uh, is there anything you're looking forward to?
1: Um. Yeah. I really want to like. I think we're going to see it this weekend, and it's not comic book related or nerd related at all. But that's Black Klansman. Um, yes. Yeah. I can't wait to see it. I Spike think that it's going to be yeah Spike Lee joint with Adam Driver.
0: <laughs> <laughs> For some fucking reason, mate, right? Adam Driver. Yeah, I that think looks, it's going to be great. Looks awesome. Yeah. yeah. What about you? It looks funny, but probably also has a great message, just like everything. I believe so. Spike yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess, uh, I'm most looking forward to dragon con or, uh, a week and a half away from when we leave for dragon con. Um, this is a, if anybody doesn't know about it, it's, I believe it's the second biggest convention to San Diego comic con. Um, but it is the most unique convention in the United States. Mm-hmm. It's, it, I call it, I'm sure I didn't make this up myself, but I call it nerdy graw. <laughs> um, it's, it's it's unique in its situation in that it's in multiple hotels and part of a convention center. So it's not confined just to a convention center. Yeah. So they're able to run 24 hours a day for the whole of labor day weekend. Um, and after 10 o'clock, it's like adult hours. So parties start happening and it's just like, it's crazy. It's just nonstop craziness it's it's every convention wrapped into one so it's not just one fandom it's not just comic books um you know there's all kinds of different what they call tracks and it's all fan run um so of course there's your typical uh panels of celebrities Mm -hmm. and stuff and those are super popular but there's just as much like fan run little stuff going on and i've had more fun just walking around meeting people than i have like setting in a panel at Dragon Con. Right. It's nonstop madness. I'm looking forward to it. Um, And leading off of that, uh, we're going to be taking a short break just due to Dragon Con and exhaustion. So our next release date after this episode is going to be, it it would be September 3rd, but we're going to take that week off um, and we'll come back a couple weeks later back mm-hmm. on our normal release schedule and we'll do a dragon con wrap up. And depending on how much time that takes, um, what we'll, we may do our next part of the top five. But if, if that ends up taking up a whole episode, just talking about the madness of dragon con, we'll push the next top five back to the following episode
1: for sure. Yeah. But yeah
0: just, just to let listeners know, um, taking the third off. So basically we're going to take a month off and just breathe, um, I'm acting like we do so much work. But <laughs> particularly with theory and crime, you guys have been killing it. Yeah. Um, and you just started a new day job, so
1: you're yeah, getting settled in. Yeah, that commands a ton of my time.
0: <laughs> yeah. So we'll see you guys when we see you. Thanks for listening.
1: Awesome. Thanks, guys.